Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like the feeling, I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling, like you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get is a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au, or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review, or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family, and that will help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Ron Meyer, who is the author of The Bigfoot Singularity, and that's a book based on his research and evidence on the Bigfoot creature's origin. He's also worked on the Chasing Bigfoot documentary series, and now he's working on a feature film called The Bigfoot Alien Connection Revealed. Ron, thanks for joining us. Good to be here. Mate, you are- How are you a, doing? I'm very good, mate. You are a very busy person by the look of your resume. Yes, I'm constantly producing stuff, and I like to write novels and keep busy. So, what actually got you into the whole world of, I guess, Bigfoot and the paranormal? So, um, I was actually hired by a company in the United States to produce a series on the Bigfoot phenomenon. Uh, You know, it's big business over here. I don't know if it is in Australia, but it certainly is here. You you can get cute, tuddly Bigfoot uh, um, furry bears, and you can get kids are enamored by it, and there's all sorts of Bigfoot involved in, in in advertising, it's it's really huge. So I I, I was approached to do a six part series on on the, the Bigfoot phenomenon. What is it? Where, what's its history? What was it about? And it was quite interesting. Um, I got to talk to a lot of people who had experiences. The one thing I did notice is that when I interviewed them, and this it was clear that they they weren't lying. They were remembering something that happened you know they had some encounter and they appeared to be telling the truth about their experience with it um at the same time nobody had any nobody had any real good let's say here's a nice picture of a bigfoot 
here's some video you can use. You're probably familiar with the Patterson Patterson Gimlin film, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I even talked to Bob Gimlin, who was there. He said that when that when that Bigfoot there turned and looked at him, he raised his gun. But and I and I I'm convinced that if it if it was a hoax, he wasn't in on the hoax. And of course, Patterson has passed away, and so there's no follow up. A lot of people have claimed it was. It was somehow staged, and that was a suit. But you know, that's still debated. And and I found out that in in the kind of the exploration of the series is that that the phenomena is worldwide. You know, everybody seems to have some form of of this kind of ape like human creature that appears periodically to some people. Um, doesn't seem to have any technology, just itself. Um, People report interesting sorts of characteristics like the ability to shapeshift or to disappear, reappear, um, you know, so, sort of paraphysical qualities. Uh, we went to a, uh, an encampment for, for families in Ohio, which is a, a state in the central part of the country where people bring their kids and they, they go out and do night ops and search for Bigfoot. It's, it's a really big deal. And I went out on at least three Bigfoot hunts with professional people, you know, investigations all at night. And not much luck. People pointed out, well, here's a bent over tree. Perhaps that was done by a Bigfoot. We did get, we did get one wood knock. We have a very similar creature down here in Australia, and we call it the Yowie. And it does a lot of the a lot of the similar traits that a, a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch would do. Um, and Woodnox is definitely one of the, I guess, the attributes that you would connect to the creature. Yeah. So we did. We were in the middle of nowhere, up in the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, and we, you know, the per, the per, person that was leading us did a couple raps on a tree, and we got a response, and then we did it again, and we got a response off in the distance. It, it was hard to believe that anybody was there. But later I learned that it wouldn't be too hard for, for well, it's like, how, 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 is it, how would it be possible that some Bigfoot would be out there just waiting, you know, to grab a stick and respond? And then it was made clear that they could make that noise with their mouth and people could do the same thing, I noticed. So it's, it's probably the response again in a wood knock is not from them knocking the wood, but from them making a noise with their mouth. There, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of, lot of accounts of Bigfoot mimicking voices of people and making all sorts of interesting sounds. Have you heard Ron Moorhead's uh, Sierra sounds? They are some of the most terrifying sounds that I've ever heard. I don't know how they stuck around for so long to record those things because even now I'll play them back in, in broad daylight and I still get the heebie-jeebies when I hear that. Yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. And of course, Ron, Ron Moorhead's in my new film. But uh, so, so all the while I was operating, doing this 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 series chasing Bigfoot, I was under the impression that that what people were looking for and what I was looking for evidence of was a flesh and blood, some sort of human-like creature that was large and and hairy. But towards the end of it, I, I came across. Uh, one investigator who said, well, wait a minute, I think 
that they're not that. They are in some way, you know, paranormal, uh, non-human, perhaps um, paraphysical, that, 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 that they're not flesh and blood creatures. So that, for some reason, that captured my imagination. I had no real evidence that that was true, although I did mention it towards the end of the film, is, of the series, that it's a possibility. And, and I, you know, I was paid to do this, this series, so I had done all this research, and I had this, I'd like to write science fiction, so I thought, well, I should write a book about the, that it's the fact that the Bigfoot are actually alien creatures and create a, you know, a story, a science fiction story around the idea that they're moving towards a new evolutionary step. So that's basically kind of the, 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 the theme of, of the book is what happens when, when, when these Bigfoot that have been around for quite a while have been learning, growing, developing, sometimes in connection with people, sometimes not. And now's the time they they have to do something unusual to evolve into their to their next into their next form. And there's there's a kind of a battle to between three forces. One one says let's just kill all these people. We don't like you know alien people or alien creatures. The other says I'd like to capitalize on their technology and their abilities. And the third group, the good guys, want want to help them do what they what they want to do. And so. It becomes quite an ex- exciting race to see what happens at the end. Within writing that, I'm sure there's a there's a lot of truth hidden within the fiction. Is that correct? I hope so. People have said that that have read it. You know, I've, people have responded saying I've kind of studied it. I've read it twice. Um, but you know, I had I had a lot of lot of information about if they're paraphysical or paranormal or alien. Well, he, these are the characteristics that you could expect to see our experience. And uh, so I put a lot of that into the book and a lot of the history of, you know, how they, how the phenomena grew. And, and I'm also interested in non-human intelligence of which, so what, what, what does it mean that you find another intelligence, not like us, and you don't have the Star Trek universal translator and they don't have bodies like us, like the artificial intelligence, what motivates them? How can we understand their purpose? Could they ever really communicate with us? We know from artificial intelligence they can mimic us pretty well. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're actually thinking in a language like English or what do you guys speak in Australia? Yeah, you speak English. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm playing with a lot of that stuff a lot of that stuff in, in the novel. Okay. It sounds sounds really quite fascinating. Now, Ron, have you had any encounters in in the real world that have, I guess, led you to, I guess, make some certain decisions in your book or essentially have you had actual any encounters with, with Bigfoot while out filming? So 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 one one of the one of the kind of the well known characteristics is that they're shapeshifters. Have you heard that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, over here, we don't really have a name for it, but I believe over in the States, that could also be known as a skinwalker. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, skinwalkers are, you know, a Navajo phenomenon largely, but they're, they're generally considered to be pretty evil. They're, they're, they're sort of a, a negative paranormal creature, if you want to look at it that way. 
I, we, when I, in doing the movie, I ran into a novel police chief on a reservation. And as a young person, he saw one and he, he shot it, didn't kill it. And it was up in a tree and he chased it, but couldn't catch it. So there's a strong belief in it. And I've I've actually read um, part of the Skinwalker Ranch book that's um, that that is available, and I did hear of a story of uh, a family that bought the Skinwalker Ranch farm, and they encountered this gigantic wolf that they 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 shot multiple times, and they just couldn't kill it. Is that something that you you encounter quite a quite a bit, I guess, in your journeys? Discussing the Skinwalker? We didn't. I, I didn't. I haven't discussed it, but I saw something like that. Do you want to hear the story? Yeah, absolutely. So we mentioned Ron Moorhead, right? The guy of the Sierra Sounds. He was. I was up in up in the in in Washington, the state of Washington, where he lives, and he was doing a book signing for his Quantum Bigfoot. It's, it's a kind of an expose of the possibilities of Bigfoot somehow being interdimensional creatures. And I was driving from to this casino where the book signing was, and I wanted to go there because they promised they would give me some nice female Bigfoot contactees for the book, for, for the film, I'm sorry, because uh, I got a lot of guys, and I wanted a couple couple women. And so I'm, I'm driving from where maybe over about 50 miles and as I'm heading up to this place, I'm looking, There's a, I'm heading east, let's say, and across the divide, this giant wolf, white wolf-like creature just appeared out of nowhere, materialized. And I'm watching it and watching it and it looks at me and almost makes, you know, kind of a personal contact, rears up and runs back down the road. And so, the, I mean, that if I... If I were to expect any kind of phenomenon like that, that would not be it. That surprised the hell out of me. And I was very excited. Yeah, that's and incredible. So, so when I got to the casino and and Moorhead was there and some other people who were big footers, uh, before the book signing, I was going to do the interviews. And they said, have you ever had any encounter? And I said, not until about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> and then I, then I described it to, to them. And they got really excited, and you could see that their hair was standing up on end because the Native people that ran the, the casino said, we've seen that too just recently. Oh, really? And then, and then at one point, the um, the person who was at the desk, a, a woman came up, took me aside and said, that's a skinwalker you saw. And so what's the – is the skinwalker like a bad omen or – is it just like you said earlier? Is it just something that's pure evil that walks the earth? I think the latter is, is closer to what people think. But this thing wasn't evil. It was very exciting, and it was it was conscious, and it was conscious of me. And yet there were other cars that obviously didn't see it. And it was at a distance, and it fit perfectly into the environment. It's the weirdest damn experience you, I could ever imagine. And is, do you think there's a reason that it chose you? So this 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 is this is the the argument I'm beginning to accept, and that is that all these encounters. So if they are alien, let's let's say they're alien in some way, right? That they are definitely smarter than us because by definition they would have to be. So so that that these con these contacts 
are are designed for each individual person. For what person it's for what purpose it's unclear, but maybe it's to see, to change them, to expand their consciousness. Maybe, and maybe they'll if you don't freak out and be too weird, you'll get more. So I asked somebody who's who's you know very steeped in this this concept, and he said the reason it appeared to you, he's approving of what you're doing with this film, whatever it is. So I thought that was good. That must be a good feeling. It's kind of like that's a, a validation from, I guess, either a paranormal side of things or, you know, even the, as you, as you're alluding to, the extraterrestrial side of things, which is, that's a good sign. Yeah. I, I, it made me feel good because, you know, I, I had, you know, I've had non dual experiences. Do you know what those are? The, where your self dissolves and you're one with the world. I don't, I don't, I don't want to say too, but, you know, that. Is that That's more like an astral projection type of thing? No, it's it's more like a oneness experience. The self dissolves. It's uh, if you heard a flow or the people get in the zone or the pocket, that kind of that kind of state of consciousness. We experience the pure consciousness, the space in which every experience arises in itself, with sometimes with nothing in it, sometimes. But most of the time, you're not in it. Oh, wow. Okay. And so I, I've had those kinds of things, but I would not consider those to be in the realm of paranormal. So with you seeing this this creature, have you seen anything else like that? Like, So you've been out on on filming expeditions with the, the crew from uh, Chasing Bigfoot. Did you ever encounter yeah. anything on there that kind of just made you go, this is 100% real? I cannot argue that. This Bigfoot creature doesn't exist. So I had two two things I captured on film. Should I tell you that? Yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, one was we went to this place. So the the other the other kind of major theme I'm seeing is that there are these things we just call them paranormal hotspots. There are places where aliens, you know, alien contact, alien ships, alien lights, uh, ghosts, um, Bigfoot. Every form of paranormal activity seems to be appearing in a fairly defined geographical area over a period of time, for whatever reason. That maybe there's a portal vortexes, some opening to the other side, if you want to call it that. So at the end of the movie, I, I wanted to, to go to two of these places to see what I could get on film. So one was a place called the House of Mystery up in Montana, which is northern part of the country. And the guy who runs the thing says he told me that he um, regularly saw orbs quite frequently, could could take pictures of them. Um, and at times he would see what are called like UFO crafts come out of a mountain nearby. And that he had a relationship, was well habituated to... A Bigfoot, a big one, and that at one point, one of one of the tourists there got a picture of his hairy arm, and he got something on his kind of like a trail cam that he put inside his house of mystery that may or may not be a very good could be one of the better representations of capturing Bigfoot. But you know, when you got a trail cam, they're not really great pictures. So um, we were. You know, doing trying to cover all these things, we got 
we did get some orbs that they could take pictures of, but we couldn't get with our camera. It was very strange. I mean, we were surrounded by orbs. I didn't feel anything in particular. But when they showed the pictures, they took like a minute or so later in a sequence of pictures in less than a second, these orbs appeared. So that was kind of cool. So the orbs would show up in the picture, but you couldn't see them there in person. That's right. That's fascinating. So that that's pretty common. But at one point, um, Joe Hauser is the guy who runs it. He's, he's kind of well-known in the, the interdimensional paranormal Bigfoot circles. was in the house of mystery where there's some weird gravitational things. And he's talking about that, that, that the Bigfoot, this is where he got it on the trail cam, and he says the Bigfoot likes to show up right here at times. You know, I can feel his presence and, and likes his spot. And I was filming outside the thing through a window, you know, so I could get a nice wide perspective on the on what he was saying. And when I got back into the into our into our edit suite, looking at the footage, there was this weird white thing that um, came into the frame, out of the bottom of the frame, came right by him, went up, up right around a couple other people who, who Joe was talking to, and, and out. And kind of out the top of the building. And when we slowed it down, what we had was uh, a kind of pure white. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Pure white, um, kind of like a fairy moth creature of good size, and it was it was the brightest thing in the frame, and the light was coming the other way. So, you know, you know what I mean. But the sun was shining in the other way, so it wasn't illuminated by the light, the sunlight. So it was like self-illuminating, and I showed it to quite a few people, and no, and nobody can explain it. And, of course, I suppose you could do it with CGI, but we didn't do that. And, and, and it showed up exactly at the moment when Joe says it likes to come, come here and be right here. So you're so, saying this, this, when you looked at this ball a lot, you could actually see uh, like a physical person or a physical thing within it. I, I could see a, a perfect like fairy moth the size of about your hand. That flew flew into flew through and by everybody. They didn't seem to see it, but I captured it for sure on the camera. And like I said, it's there's no way it could have been that illuminated. There was no light source for it to illuminate it. So, do you think that and, that creature is operating on a different light frequency? So, in in some sense, I again somebody who said that these creatures, from their experience and reports, that they have a sense of humor. So he's talking about this big seven-foot hairy creature, and it shows up as a little tiny fairy moth instead, just to mess with us. That's great. That's so, actually fantastic. <laughs> so, so I have that. I have that. Um, that footage itself on, on the web on YouTube. I have a Bigfoot alien channel. You can go look at it. It's it was quite remarkable. It blew my mind. It made me a believer. That was. And in that, I saw that before I had my experience I was describing to you. 
And then you want to go on to the second one? Yeah, absolutely. So there's another hot spot that's that's way south in the state of Oregon along the west coast. And I don't know if this geography means anything to you, but it's kind of close. Well, it's the next state up from California. And there's a there's a famous trackway called the uh, where you these tracks went out, Bigfoot tracks went out into this area of a reservoir that was sort of drained, so it was muddy, and called the London Trackway. And there was I think there was like 120 tracks that went out and came back. So so one one of the things about Bigfoot tracks is that they almost always are, are, let's say they appear out of nowhere, they go for a while and then they disappear. I actually had a group of some tracks that were on my land. I own some land in the mountains. And we were following these tracks that just came out of nowhere and went nowhere. You understand what I'm saying? So So it's kind of like the the creatures just appeared and disappeared mid-stride. Yeah. So it's, it's... Mostly, you'll see one of the characteristics of almost all these encounters is that they're very short. You don't sit there and watch a Bigfoot hike for 20 minutes. No, no, not at all. And it's very much the, the same down here in Australia. I've um I've spoken to plenty of people who have had Yowie encounters, and they say that they've actually just seen the creature disappear right in front of them. It, it would walk across uh, like a bush track or, or something like that. And they said... It'll take three or four steps, and it just disappears. And so, you know, most most ghost encounters are the same way, are they not? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, Bigfoot howls, um, pretty much anything that's, or, or even alien shots of, you know, sightings of crafts are, are usually pretty short. Although, you know, like the Phoenix lights here are ones where people look at them for quite a while, but pretty much they're pretty brief. And often they're just for an individual, one person. It's not like 20 people see the thing. So this this, this seems to be, again, it, and one of the people I talked to said, well, you don't, you don't see these things about, you know, happening with gorillas or lions or any other animal that have these weird characteristics that appear out of nowhere. See, you see them for a short time and then they disappear. It's only this... This particular kind of, you know, formerly flesh and blood kind of humanoid character. So anyhow, should I go on to the next one? Yeah, most definitely. So there's this place south south of Eugene, Oregon, where for some reason out of nowhere, one of these hot spots emerged when when a rather ordinary guy who was a contractor moved to this location to be near his grandchildren and started having these amazing collection of, of things happening there and it seemed to center around a large metal shed of all things one corner and they were they were getting constant and we got some videos that they shot on their cell phone of, of as they call them now unexplained aerial phenomena at night they had plenty of 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 do you know what gifting is I keep saying, do you know that? I'm just so so. Gifting is where you put things out, and maybe something's playing with you, and they'll replace it with something else. Move things around on a particular location where you're kind of playing games with whatever it is that 
you're playing games with. So plenty of that going on. Weird stuff showing up. Um, shells from 150 years, bullet, bullet shells from 150 million, 150 years ago. All sorts of strange things. And then, then, then there are these things where you have a recorder, an audio recorder, and you pick up sounds that you don't hear when you're recording. EMPs? Yeah, EMPs. They were getting these incredible EMPs of voices of women speaking in weird languages. Um, and then at one point, they picked up in one of those voices. The person, the people that lived there moved away. Their son committed suicide on a particular day. And they heard, what are the E? I always keep remembering how to pronounce it. You you know, what's that word, the E? What's, what's the name for that? That phenomena, electronic voice thing you hear, you just said it. Oh, EMPs. EMPs. They got one that said, I'm dead. And then on that same day, these chalky child handprints were embedded on the inside the house of the person who owns the shed. And they got photographs of them. Oh, wow. And they're kind of blue, blue and small. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. It, um, it's it's quite odd because it seems to be these places, like you said, they are these just hot pockets of of inf- Yeah, and so that the other thing that's crazy is that is that when they sit out at night inside the shed, there's the most incredible rackets of knocking and cracking and banging and like somebody's going crazy inside there. Yet nothing has ever moved, and they they recorded these this stuff. They put a um, a microphone inside and recorded recorded it. And they could play all this stuff back. So we wanted to say, well, maybe maybe we can um, get somebody in there and they'll do it for us. So we started out that evening and we all sat outside and we had a if they put the recorder on and then ran a wire out so we had a speaker outside so we could hear what was going on inside. And after maybe about an hour some knocking and banging began to occur. And the guy who was doing the investigation, Tob Johnson, he uh, knocked on the on the side of the shed and he got responses. So one by one we went in, into the uh into the shed with our cameras and pretty much nothing happened until my my uh, co producer who's who's the big reefer re, reef the big researcher of Bigfoot and kind of a, a, had a lot, a lot of experiences. The sound started occurring when he was in there. He had his own camera with, with infrared, so you could see that he was filming. <clears throat> and and the knocking and rapping and all that was taking place. Yet there was nothing happening inside, and he filmed. And he said he felt this powerful presence come over him, kind of cold, like it was a creature. And yet, you know, we could hear outside and inside because he had audio on his camera. This knocking was going on, and there was no no evidence that anything was knocking, nothing was moving. So we captured that. Those are the two big things we captured. And all this stuff was happening in this one spot, which was another paranormal hotspot. And then they got Bigfoot handprints, and they got Bigfoot knee prints, um, but never really saw Bigfoot. So... That was cool, and that was that's an important part of the phenomena that I'm talking about. That there are these paranormal hotspots that indicate that maybe all these phenomena that we're 
studied separately should be studied together. They're all one thing in some sense. Yeah, and that's going to be my my next question for you is that do you think there seems to be a bit of a relationship between, let's say, Bigfoot, orbs, and and the paranormal? Absolutely. That's the the hypothesis I'm working with and putting forward in the movie. Because it's really not uncommon to hear of, say, Bigfoot encounters or and even Yowie encounters down here in Australia where someone will experience Yowie-like activity or witness a Yowie and then they will also see glowing orbs in the vicinity as well. Yep. So more and more reports of that. And I think you can one people can start investigating these hotspots where they're showing up. And, and but it, but you know it's a minority point of view because most people in the Bigfoot community still think they're these flesh and blood hairy creatures and Alien people who like to talk about their UFO experiences don't like to tie them into the to the paranormal or ghosts. And ghost hunters don't like to tie, tie tie them into you know aliens and all that sort of stuff. So somehow or another, I think they all got to come together. And I think they're all they're all probably part of some some form of non-human in, intelligence that is either messing with us for some reason or hopefully for a positive reason. And that's what's so great about these, I guess, these, I guess, events or encounters is that everyone has a unique version of it and no two are ever really the same. So there could be so many different possibilities that lead to it that make all of these theories, you know, just as viable as the next one, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, so my my next thing is probably to, to go and look at a few more of these paranormal hotspots people seem to know where they are and see see if there's greater truth behind what i just said some way to substantiate or validate it and i think a lot a lot of these encounters i don't know about yours but but my mine was certainly a very positive kind of awakening kind of expanding you know the possibility of of what's out there and you know what I hear that a lot. A lot of these people who have these encounters with the the paranormal or or Bigfoot or UFOs, they seem to genuinely, generally walk away with a uh, a positive outcome from it. It's it's very rare that I will get someone who who has something terrible happen to them or something terrible come from the their encounters. So yeah, it's it's usually a positive outcome, which is really great, and that lets people talk about that type of stuff a lot easier, in my opinion. Yeah, so people are coming out of the closet. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And there just seems to be a whole lot more, I guess, you could say disclosure around this thing, but it just seems to be a lot more welcomed in today's society to talk about this type of stuff. Yeah, and I think a lot of them are kind of like spiritual awakenings for people. Yeah, man, like an acid trip. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. So, mate, before I let you shoot off tonight, on your, on your, I guess, Bigfoot journey or your filmmaking journey, have you seen things that people won't admit to on camera? I've heard people, I mean, have I asked them to go on camera and tell me things? Or have you even just run into other filmmakers who have experienced things that they, they don't want to share? Um, probably the most interesting example is that there was a highly successful series on Animal Planet called Finding Bigfoot. It ran for nine years. But part, part of the the Bible on the show was, of course, they're never going to find Bigfoot because 
that'd be the end of the series, right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> so, secondly, they weren't they weren't allowed to ever talk about or find or even have the possibility of paranormal Bigfoot. That it was always going to be a flesh and blood. It was never going to be anything other than that. But when I did an interview with Bobo, who was kind of the funny guy of the group, he said, oh, of course we had these kind of paranormal experiences. One time we all saw, we were just sitting around the campfire, and here was this crunching, kind of cloaking creature walking. You could hear it walking as plain as day, carrying an orb, as if it were carrying an orb right in front of us. And he said, I've, I've had other direct experiences with, with paranormal Bigfoot, but he said we could never, now that the series is dead, we could, I can say this. That's incredible. That what you mean? Yeah, that's incredible. It's a, it's a kind of new, open, fun fun world, I think. And I think it's all good. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to believe that there aren't other kinds of non-human intelligences than that they've been here and are maybe are and are here right now. In some way, that's different than the the way, let's say, you might be here. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, it's it's all different frequencies. It's all different spectrums. There's so many different ways things can exist. Yeah, I did an interview with uh, Stan Friedman, who's probably the best-known UFOologist, and he's come around to that view, too, that the search of SETI for radio waves is just stupid and and that that's not the way they're going to appear to us and are appearing to us. It's It really is an interesting type of phenomena, and there's just so many different ways to look at it, and I think that's that's the best part of it. Yeah, you just got to open your mind and hope you have your own experience like you did. Yeah, that's exactly it. But, Ron, where can people find your work? Well, um, you can find Chasing Bigfoot. It's an older series now. You can find that on Amazon Prime. But um, the book is available on Amazon itself as a book you could buy. I'd love people to go buy and give it a a good review and we'll leave links for all of those in the show notes as well and we'll also leave a link to your youtube channel in there too so if anyone wants to go check out that amazing fairy footage that you've captured um they'll be able to check that out and we should have the movie done possibly well certainly by the end of this month so if you know anybody who wants to bring me over and screen it i'd be happy to come and visit you guys And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. Until next time, stay safe. And you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.